Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This week we are going to be talking about a phenomenon that is called scarcity mindset and there are a few contexts under which scarcity mindset is discussed but overall a scarcity mindset is a mindset that focuses on the belief or the automatic thought that there is never enough. It's like a filter that you see everything through and it changes the way that you react to things. It changes your behavior. It changes uh, how you um, make decisions and all of that. And it colors everything that you see. It can actually, it alters your neurological processing um, whereby you focus on the object of scarcity and you amplify its voice to the point that all of the other things are drained out drowned out not drained out drowned out so that's what i mean by scarcity mindset is that whole idea that i don't have enough there is never enough uh, there are there are limits to what i can have or what i can get basically yeah and we've seen a lot of this just recently haven't we back with the whole pandemic thing mm, and people's yeah. shopping behavior people that didn't even have a scarcity mindset one week as soon as they kind of either start watching the news or see products disappearing in their shelves at their shop, it's like kind of like we all just flipped a switch to a scarcity mindset overnight. Mm. And all of a sudden, those of us that don't shop in that kind of way, like I was the same. I was like, I didn't know that I needed more pasta, but now that I see that there's hardly any pasta on the shelf, maybe there's not enough. I need, yeah. I need my two cents worth as well. I need my, my pasta. I'm going to stock up as well. And we kind of all just, and you know, we saw the scenes on TV of people fighting mm. over toilet paper, toilet paper. And mm. that kind of stuff. And so I think this whole scarcity mindset is really prevalent currently or has been recently yeah. even yeah. for those that wouldn't normally suffer with it or or have it as part of their their neurological yeah. makeup yeah yeah and it's interesting because i i myself don't really have much of a scarcity mindset and i've worked hard on that over my life and i think you know as you get older you can you can work away from that mindset if you choose to but yeah i was the same as you i was thinking well maybe i should just get a couple of extra things of pasta or a couple of extra bits of this just in case and I've never thought like that before but that did trigger me into uh, a temporary scarcity mindset and it didn't last long uh, but I definitely went there yeah yeah so I mean we're talking about it in terms of grocery products during the pandemic but Mm. like a proper scarcity mindset that lasts longer and people you know retain for years or you know, it could be their whole lifetime is not just mm. about groceries, is it? It affects all sorts of areas. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of um, academic research around scarcity mindset and poverty. So um, it definitely, scarcity mindset can apply to money and obviously possessions, but it can also it can also apply to relationships and, and love and affection uh, business dealings so it does actually apply to a whole lot of things what what we're going to talk about is we're going to focus mainly on the effect that it has on the volume of your belongings because 
that's what we focus on on in this podcast is our stuff. And so uh, we're going to talk about what the scarcity mindset can do to you as far as clutter goes. One thing I guess that I've noticed with scarcity mindset is how it creates a sense of urgency. You know, like it, those two things seems to be mm. like a time pressure associated with it as well. It's not just about there's an abundance or there's a lack and so I need it. It's also like I need it now because it mm. might not be there later. Next time, yeah. And I think that's – and I'm sure you'll go through that more, you know, as it relates to clutter and acquisitions of stuff. But I feel yeah. like those two things are kind of intrinsically linked that – when you're feeling there's a lack of or when you're, you know, feeling there's scarcity, there's also this sense of urgency that it, stuff needs to be obtained now. Yeah, 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 I would I would agree with that. And also not just alongside that sense of urgency would be opportunistic urgency as well. So there was no not necessarily an urgency to acquire something, but when the opportunity pops up, that urgency goes up mm-hmm. as well. So you know, we're talking about bargain hunting and stuff like that, which we'll get to. But um, yes, there is. Uh, yeah, I agree. So you were you were saying stuff about scarcity mindset, poverty. Can you mm. tell me more about that? Um, I don't know a great deal about it, but I, I listened to a podcast on NPR once about scarcity mindset and poverty. And it was really interesting. And it was a long time ago, so I don't remember the details. But I remember him telling a story and he was interviewing a woman and and telling a story of how I think she she'd lost her job and so she went out and spent all her money and buying supplies and then she didn't have enough to pay her rent or something like that but it was this interesting circumstance where she knew that she was going to run out of money and so she went and spent all the money that she had. And then I think she got a credit card and spent all that to the limit as well, straight away. And I think if, if anyone, if any of us have ever like thought when looking at a homeless person or a person living in poverty, why don't they just go and get a job? Then maybe you might, it might be worth you doing some research into the neurological um, effects of poverty because one of them is that scarcity mentality uh, because it does have a flow on effect. And it's not like... The, this woman was you know lacked intelligence in any way or anything like that she just her her brain just went into this um into this mode and it propelled her to to behave in a way that was counterproductive but what what she felt she needed to do at the time um so i don't know a great deal about it but it's if you're interested in it it's definitely worth looking it up because just google scarcity mindset economics or scarcity mindset poverty and and you'll find some some good uh, resources and articles and and the the hidden brain um, podcast episode as well uh, Well, would be worth listening to we might put a link to that in the show notes if you want to have a look in and go straight through that sounds really interesting and it just that that highlighted to me how much our brains can take over our behavior without us consciously deciding to and I think when we're talking about the scarcity mindset and its effect on our stuff uh, a lot of it is so it's an automatic way of thinking we're not at all conscious of it we don't know that we do it at all and it's funny because I, I don't think I've even thought of it in these kind of terms but when I was doing more decluttering of people's houses especially older people um, I 
think it was just, it showed up all the time. People that had pantries full of stuff that they never used, food that was so far out of date. And it was like, Mm. well, you know, when I was growing up, this would have been a dream to have this much food in the house. Mm. And so, you know, um, now if I ever see whatever on sale, I get as much of it as I can or whatever. And linen cupboards full of towels and sheets and far more than they'd ever used in their lifetime and lots out of, you know, that weren't even out of packets. Oh, well, when I was young, I, I don't think I ever got a new pair of sheets. So now when I see them, I, I will get them that, you know, and it's kind of this rhetoric that just shows up again and again and again from a particular generation that did it tough. Yeah. Um, and it's so hard to separate that behavior from the thought. And, you know, a lot of them have been thinking that for 40 or 50 years. So to try yeah. and convince yeah. them otherwise. Yeah. And sometimes it's ra- it's rational and uh, warranted. You know, one of the things that one of the things I read about scarcity mentality is that there's some positives to it in that, you know, it can force you to prioritize and things like that. Uh, and I do know that people who live in isolated places like on farms or in rural areas, they need to to stock up on things because they don't go like they aren't able to just jump in the car and run down to the shops and grab that one thing that they forgot to get at the grocery store or they've run out of and so you know there's it's not it's not all unwarranted or irrational but it can just be really unhelpful uh, for some people because like you said we every day we see houses that are really full and it's not helping that person live live the life that they want to lead uh, it's unhelpful so so that's what we're focusing on today is is sort of how if you think that you perhaps have this mindset and spoiler alert you do because we all do <laughs> sometimes um, but if you think that it's holding you back uh, it might be worth you um, learning a little bit more about it and, and seeing you know what what kind of effect it's having on your life and, and then how you might be able to reverse that okay cool so hit me Beck how does it cause clutter what's what are some of the ways that having this you know, filter on. We touched on one already is the opportunistic purchasing of things that are on sale. So uh, having a scarcity mindset will cause you to grab a bargain when you see it because you will be thinking uh, firstly, interestingly, oh, another thing that you can have a scarcity mindset around is time, which just occurred to me as well. Hmm. Uh, and I think that we've covered that a lot too. But so back to this whole grabbing the bargains thing, and this is what you'll see when I, why I immediately thought of time, is that you will often, if you see something that's a bargain, you might say, okay, I should get that because it's on sale and you never know when you might need one of those and I'll be able to save the money by buying it now. Or um, I'll get it now while it's on sale because it will make a good birthday present and I might be too busy to get another birthday present for that person later on, so I may as well get it now. And um, so you're making this assumption that you won't be able to find another present later or you won't have the time to find another present later. So it's that scarcity mindset of there isn't enough time, um, there aren't enough gifts, um, there isn't enough money. I'll have to buy this right now. And uh, so that sort of propels you to to make that that bargain purchase that you weren't actually shopping for in the first place. You know what? I've just, I'm trying to think of an example <laughs> from my life and I have swapped recently to going, from going to the supermarket to online grocery shopping. Ah, yeah. So because I get my all my um, veggies delivered anyway, so it's pretty much like, 
staples. Um, I go to the bakery for bread, so it's not that. It's like milk, uh, pasta, I don't know, whatever <laughs> else, cheese, that kind of stuff. Mm. And I, my grocery bills were extortionate. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like I meal plan and I buy what's on my list. But I've been I, – and I'm a bit of a bargain hunter. But I'm also brand loyal, so I will always buy the brand I want. But occasionally if there's something else on sale, I will buy that as well and try it to see if I might like it. Oh, yeah. But I would never do that if it wasn't on sale. You know, like if there's two ah, types of muesli, yeah. I'll buy the one that I know everyone in our house eats. But if there's another one on sale, I'm like, well, it's half price. So if I try it and we don't like it, I'm not losing out as much, but it might expand my horizons. I don't know how I justify it to myself, but I do. <laughs> and then, and I will, I'll come home and I'll have, I'll be, like my our pantry will be stocked full. And I'm like, I didn't even, I had 20 things on my shopping list and I just spent <laughs> 300 bucks. Like, where is this? So I switched to online shopping. Man, so much better. So yeah. much better because I go, what do I need? Put it all mm. in my basket and I check out and I don't have that. Because even things like, um, I'm trying to think if um, yogurt, for example, is on sale. If it's on sale this week, I might buy it for this week and next week. But mm. then if the kids see there's heaps of yogurt in, they just eat in the fridge they eat twice <laughs> yeah. as much this week and I have to yeah. buy some more for next week anyway. And so it's like, I don't know, I don't know. It was, it was definitely not working for me the way I was shopping. And so I changed it and now it's so much better. So but you're saving money. I think yeah. it's because I'm not, the sales aren't in front of me. I can't see the specials yeah. and I can't, I can only, I just enter in the stuff I want. I don't even look at the what's on sale this week page. I just go. I was just going to say, they still try, don't they? Oh, like yeah, online they To try. show you the sales. <laughs> um, they they might need to, they might need, they might cotton on to you fairly soon and start like, you know, you can't go past this the, this point without looking at the sales page. <laughs> the, I mean, the thing they do when you go to check out, it'll say, have you forgotten any of have these forgotten? items? Yeah. And it'll yeah. show me 20 things that I might normally buy, but I'm like, mm. no, nah, I'm good. Um, yeah. So, but I, I think, you know, that whole time thing of thinking, oh, look, and, and the bargain factor, um, I'll buy it, I'll save money, I'll be prepared mm. for next week. Yeah, even shows up in my shopping trolley. Yeah. So you reckon that's a scarcity mentality there? Yeah, I think it is. I think mm. it's my uh, box head nature. That's a family joke about being bargain hunting, like the Barossa <laughs> box heads. Uh Anyway, <laughs> I, I don't know. What, tell me about the Barossa box heads. I don't understand. I don't, I don't even what? know where it comes from, but um, my family would always, every time I'd, you know, myself or my auntie especially would say, oh, it's on sale. Like everyone in the family <laughs> will groan and go, ah, box head. I'm like, I don't, I don't know where it comes from, but it's a thing <laughs> in our family about well, we go. all love a good bargain. And so, yep. and I'm like really measured. I try not to let bargains suck me in if it's like, a pair of shoes or you know a big mm. item but if it's just that yogurt's half price i think well i know it will mm. be used yeah it's a bargain yeah. get it well i think if things are um discounted i'm a little bit the same in that i'll often buy more than one but you're so right about how often if you buy two of something thinking they'll last two weeks everyone in the house eats them all in the first week 
and then you have to go and buy it again anyway. And so you've like actually bought double what you would normally buy. Mm-hmm. And um, and I it hadn't occurred to me then, but occasionally, yeah, I, I've, that's happened as well as I've bought a couple of things, like especially if it's something that you know Ethan snacks on, uh, he will eat them all. You know, I'll buy two weeks worth, but then he'll eat them all within a week, and, um, and then I'll just have to buy two weeks more <laughs> worth again the next time. Uh, yeah. So I think it's I don't know if it's a scarcity that the item won't be there. It's almost for me mm-hmm. a scarcity that the bargain won't be there. The bargain won't when be I there. need it. Like I know that there will be yogurt in the supermarket next week. That's not where it's coming from. I don't know that the bargain will be there. So I want the bargain. Yeah. And as much yeah. of the bargain as I can handle. <laughs> I I have that fear as well because um, Mick is a real uh, – he likes to shop around for things. And I have this fear that when I find something I really that I really like and then he says, never buy the first thing you see, always go to other shops first. And then we go to 20 other stores and after the first three I'm completely over it by then. But I have this fear of – but if I – if I leave it now and I go around looking at all the other 20 stores and then I come back to this one that I really want, it's what if it's gone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I sometimes have that uh, feeling as well. as like if I just get it now, then I'm not going to miss out. So, you know, that scarcity mentality sort of manifests itself a little bit in FOMO as well mm. um, a, a bit, yeah. So another way that scarcity mentality causes clutter is that it prevents you from getting rid of stuff that you haven't used for years and you are unlikely to use again because what it does is it pops up and it says to you but you never know when you might need it and you if you don't have it then you're going to have to be inconvenienced or it's going to cost you money or we're going to have to go and find another one and what if there isn't another one and all those things pop up so um, it often causes people to hang on to things that they know they don't use and probably won't use but uh, they can't let go of anyway Mm. yeah that's interesting isn't it i was wondering can minimalists ever have scarcity mindset because i think oh keep going i was gonna say because they don't generally minimalists won't over acquire and generally Mm -hmm. they won't hold on to things that aren't useful i think a prerequisite to being a minimalist is an abundance mindset which we're going to get to but is not having a scarcity mindset Mm. i don't think you can be a minimalist with a scarcity mindset you'd be very uncomfortable You'd be anxious all the time. Mm. Okay, so how else? So it causes us to grab bargains and it stops yep. us from letting go of things. Yeah. Um, uh, it can also make you feel guilty uh, for getting rid of things because especially if you – if you, I mean, there is a difference between having scarcity and having a scarcity mindset. Um, so we're not really talking about people who are genuinely without anything when we're talking about this, we're talking about the times where people who do have enough to survive, they have their basic needs met, uh, but their brain tells them that it's not enough. And so what you can then have is uh, guilt in discarding items because your scarcity mindset is telling you that you shouldn't waste anything and that if you do get rid of something that you have, you've wasted then. So I think scarcity um, mentality can also cause a, a waste mindset, I think too. Yeah. And that, that shows up a lot with people that are decluttering or having trouble decluttering is that whole issue of 
especially if they've come from a background or been in a situation where they didn't have a lot genuinely Mm. and then now they find themselves with a lot of stuff and then getting rid of it seems like, well, hang on, I remember not having enough. I remember that feeling of wanting more and now I've Mm. got to, you know, if I get rid of this, I'll feel guilty because I put time, money, effort, blah, 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 into acquiring this. Um, Yeah, that can be quite tricky, can't it? Mm. And like you said, you know, if you have lived that way in the past, then you can have this overriding fear that it's all going to fall apart again. And, you know, I've had a couple of clients that have said to me, I just, I don't want to be homeless again. And, And I've said to them, but buying lots of stuff isn't going to prevent you from being homeless. And some of them actually buying lots of stuff causes them to become homeless because they get kicked out of their homes. But, you know, it, it's interesting how this idea of I, I don't want to I don't want to be homeless or I don't want to have nothing makes people hold on to and acquire things that are, uh, that they didn't actually need back when they were poor back when they were suffering from poverty, the things that they needed um, were not the things that they're buying now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. the stuff they buy now are, the, are like a little like little bargains and trinkets and things for other people and, and all that kind of stuff. And and that's that's not actually they, – they don't meet any needs other than, than a comfort. And I remember um, a client that had obscene amount of food – uh, mm. And like not all, you know, it wasn't really wasteful in terms of fresh stuff, a lot of tin stuff, a lot of packet stuff. But if, you know, the end of the world was coming, that was the house that I would probably <laughs> head to because yeah. I think my family and I could survive there for a few years. But it was really interesting because she had a real scarcity mindset about money and running out of money. She never talked about not having enough food, but she said, oh, you know, things are really tight with bills at the moment. So, cause I said, why, why is there so much food? Like we're talking 20 kilos of rice, you know, mm. like, I don't know, dozens and dozens and dozens of tins of spaghetti, that kind of stuff. But like every food group, there was an abundance of stuff. And she was saying, oh, you know, I think husband had lost his job or was injured or something like that. She'd retired and they had bills to pay and they had, Um, illness in the family that they were helping out with and she said oh yeah we don't you know we're really finding it hard to make ends meet so we've bought a lot of food so that when we can't pay our bills we can still eat and I'm like yeah but if you didn't buy all this food you'd have money to 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 pay the bills bills. Mm. and and it was she'd say or I'd go to her house it was the middle of winter and it was freezing and I'd be like oh is your heater not on and she goes oh I can't afford to heat the house um, cause we, mm. you know, we don't have much money, but she will have unpacked $400 worth of groceries. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you're going to have to start burning those bags of rice to keep warm. Yeah. Like this is the, the crazy, yeah. thing. like she couldn't, couldn't see yeah. the woods for the trees kind of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. it shows up not only in the area that you have a scarcity mindset about, if you've got scarcity mindset, just in terms of money, it can show mm. up in in other areas, not just financially, but clutter in yeah, other I, zones or whatever. Yeah, that, and I see exactly what you're talking about all the time too, yeah. So um, when people who can't pay the bills but they've got a room full of gifts they've bought for people that they haven't got around to giving them yet, you know, things like that. 
and um, and I think that that the scarcity mindset drives those behaviors quite strongly. Mm. And we'll be back to that discussion in just a moment. If you really appreciate this podcast and get a lot from it, we would love it if you would consider becoming a Patreon supporter. This will help us keep the podcast content coming to you by covering some of our costs and importantly, keep it ad free. You can find the Become a Patreon button on our website at www.beuncluttered.com.au. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Right. Now, back to the discussion. Um, What about the just-in-case idea? Yeah, well, like you said, it does that, doesn't it? It, And and this is the the whole thing that your client was saying is, well, we might need food later. So I'm just going to get these just in case. And, you know, you can be, <laughs> Mick came grocery shopping with me on the weekend. Normally I go grocery shopping on my own. And although I resent going, having the job and bearing the burden of having the grocery shopping job on the weekend, I wasn't feeling very well. And I was sort of tossing up about a few things I had to do. And he said, look, do you want me to come and get groceries with you? Uh, it will be faster that way. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That'll be helpful. So he came to get groceries with me and I had I had my list and it was, let me just say that even though I was grateful for him coming that day, I'm kind of glad he doesn't come every week. <laughs> he just like, he threw off my mojo and, I'm, and I, was, I didn't realize how ritualistic and routine based I was uh, until there was someone else there just going off and doing things the wrong way. <laughs> Like, and of course it's not the wrong way but that's not how I do things that's not the order I go through the aisles that's not where I park that's not where how I where that where I get the trolleys from and you know that's not how I carry the bags and that's not where I put these things like in the trolleys you know if, I think we were there for five minutes and and he'd put a bakery item in that section of the trolley where I put the groceries the the greens stuff the fruit and veg and I was instantly irritated <laughs> and it was interesting I didn't realize how precise I am with my routine but Anyway, I had the list and I saw him grab a few tins of tomatoes and put them in the trolley. And I'm like, I looked at the list and I was like, we don't have any meals on the meal plan for the week that require tins of tomatoes. And so I said to him, uh, are you going to be cooking something with tomatoes in it this week? And he said, no, they're just handy to have. <laughs> and, um, and my first thought was, right, I went, no, take no, Rebecca, don't take him out. Let him let him get them. That's fine. You don't have to always do everything your way. And so I let it go and we bought them. But my, my thought was, as I was walking through the rest of the supermarket, I was thinking, I bet there's not going to be enough room in the drawer now for all of the tinned items because he's bought those <laughs> tomatoes. <laughs> and then we got home and he helped me unpack. And later on, I was in the pantry and I saw on a shelf that has a particular category of item, there was a tin in there. And I was like, why is this tin here? And then I looked at the tin shelf and it was overflowing. (laughs) And I was like, that's why I don't buy tin tomatoes unless they're on the list. But it was just interesting. He did that whole, well, they're always handy kind of thing. And everybody does it all the time. And I do it occasionally as well. I was like, oh, they they can be handy. But it was just that specific, you know, I actually predicted what was going to happen from from that little purchase there so uh, we do that tin tomatoes i think that is a whole level of scarcity mindset on its own separate to groceries (laughs) because i have an issue with tomatoes it's own category (laughs) and then we were at the dentist this week and um, my oldest has got braces and he said to us on the way out oh now 
Uh, don't have too many tomatoey based dishes because it will stay. She's uh, got the invisible yeah. brackets, but he said it will stay in the ba- the bands around the millo. So he said, try and lay off all the tomato. And I'm like, do you know how many tins of tomato I've got in my cupboard? <laughs> I'm going to have to start walking up and down the street, giving them away to people <laughs> if I don't start cooking with them. Uh, well, uh, there you go. That's my hangover from um, from COVID shopping. Oh, you've still got your tins of tomatoes. Mm-hmm. My big COVID shopping mistake was um, I, I normally make our curries from scratch or from a paste, but I don't buy like the chicken tonight kind of jars of processed stuff. Yep. Uh, I usually buy a, like a curry paste and then put my own creams, milks, whatever, coconut milk. But I grabbed during COVID, I grabbed a few jars of butter chicken and korma and I didn't even think about it, but the pastes that I buy are vegan. So I can make them up with coconut milk and then Zoe can eat them. But these jars aren't vegan. And I just grabbed them because I was in that mindset. And so we've got two jars of butter chicken and two jars of korma that are not vegan in the cupboard. <laughs> and like I have to wait until Zoe's doing like a shift at work over dinner where she normally then cooks for herself when she gets home or something like that um, to make to make it. So these like like you, like you've got those tins of tomatoes that you feel like you know, are going to last forever. I'm actually considering almost giving away these jars of food um, because I don't know that we'll we'll ever make them. But uh, yeah, that was the scarcity mindset. Did it to did that to me too. The whole so, COVID thing. So how do we okay, how do we prevent it then? What's the antidote to uh, having a scarcity mindset? Okay. Uh, well, the opposite of scarcity is abundance and so what we're trying to do is shift to a more and I'm not saying you have to give up any scarcity all of your scarcity mindset uh, but the bits that are unhelpful for you and you can you'll reckon you would have recognized as as Tara and I were talking you would have recognized points at which your scarcity mentality causes you uh, some unhelpful causes you to be in some unhelpful situations or causes some unhelpful behaviors so Look at where you we go with scarcity and see if we can switch the unhelpful ones into an abundance mentality. So the first way is, uh, I think, is through gratitude. When you practice gratitude, you are dragging your brain onto new neural pathways and you are teaching your brain to look for the uh, things that you look at the things that you do have instead of noticing the things that you don't have so and would you do that just um like in your head or do you think there's a benefit to writing things down does that have more impact you know how people keep gratitude journals and yeah diaries i I think that um the evidence shows that even if you force yourself to do what feels unnatural by writing down or somehow communicating, so even if it's just saying to somebody, hey, you know, look at my pillow, isn't it awesome? I'm so glad I have this pillow, just you know, verbalizing it or something like that. But forcing yourself to do that, even if you're not necessarily feeling it at the time, will actually help build those new neural pathways and then you will start to automatically do it. So I think that writing them down will help that happen faster because and and making yourself do it. Because if if you are are just sort of saying, oh I'm gonna try and be more grateful, you'll forget. You'll forget because your your brain is wired the other way. And we are all wired the other way simply for 
um, for safety because our brain wants to keep us safe. So what it does is it alerts us to danger and scarcity mentality is part of that um, that whole little package um, that, that comes with that from our, you know, what right where we started to evolve. And so I think that because we are automatically sort of on that path, we are going to forget. And if you dedicate a certain time during the day to sit down and say, what am I grateful for? What am I looking forward to? What did I appreciate today? What did I enjoy today that I have? Um, what can I see? What three things can I see that I'm really glad I have? That kind of stuff, forcing yourself to do it, even if you feel like, you know, a bit, you know, silly or a bit naff, it will actually help rebuild those those neural pathways and, and start to to wear down that new track in the field which is to drag on an analogy we've used before <laughs> um it's something that i quite often will do with my kids i do it now on the walk home from school but we used to do it when we were in the car and i'd be like you know because so it can be so hard to drag anything out of your kids about what they did in their <laughs> yeah. school day so how I'd was your like, day good yeah. fine what'd, you, what'd do? you do nothing nothing <laughs> Yep. Um, or don't know. And I'm like, how, how do you not know? You just walked out of the gate. Like, <laughs> anyway, so I will say to my kids, it used to be, what were you happy about today? And then I guess the language has got more evolved as they've grown up. And then it would be like, what are you thankful for? And now I'm like, you know, what's something awesome that happened at school today? And sometimes I'll be like, nothing awesome. And I'm like, well, how was your recess? Oh yeah, no, that was pretty good. And it's like, mm. you know, sometimes they need prompting, but it's like that daily thing. Well, not every day. It doesn't happen on the weekends, but Monday to Friday. Now we walk, we've got a 10 minute walk home from school, depending how much they're dragging their feet. And I'll always <laughs> say, what's something awesome that happened at school today? Or what's something you're happy about or you're thankful for? And sometimes it's people and sometimes it's, oh, we all got new glue sticks. Whoa, like that's big <laughs> when you're 10. But you know what? It's that whole thing of like actually poke your head up, look around you yeah. and realise that there's something to be to be grateful for. So I think, yeah, mm. it's about shifting that thought pattern, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's refocusing and, and, and looking at quite often when you and I have discussed this in several other episodes, I think, but, you know, looking at, people on social media and seeing what they have and wishing you had that is an automatic response instead of looking at yourself and saying you know what am I you know what would I be jealous of in my life if I didn't have it you know if it was someone else looking in the outside that didn't have what I have what would they be what they, what would they be wanting and and there are lots of people out there who who have less than you loads that have less than you and sometimes reminding yourself of that can help as well. Yeah, because it's that whole idea that, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, you only dreamed of having what you have now. But mm. now that you're here, you're still just looking for more. You've shifted the goalposts and you're looking for more and, and wanting more and it feels like it's never enough. So I think, mm. yeah, taking a moment to look backwards rather than always looking forwards is probably mm. pretty helpful. Yeah. Um, the spiritual junkie in me can't help but think that, and I use this with clients a bit when, we get to tricky points about, you know, but what if, what if, what if? And it's, I will quite often say to people, just believe that the universe has got your back on this one, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and depending whether people have a religion of some sort or not, just that idea that, you know, 
the universe might deliver you what you need in the right amounts at the right time. And so you don't need to always go looking for it. It's not a competition between you and the world. Mm. And that whole idea that there's not enough and you need to, you know, it's like a game of survival to get as much as you can, as fast as you can to, you know, beat, beat the rest of them. It's Mm. that whole idea of just, you know, you've got to work on yourself to a point where you feel that you're enough and you're worthy enough and then kind of surrender and go, okay, cool. And I trust that the universe will provide me with what I need when I need it. I don't need to go hunting it. I I'm I'm with you on that and I I think yeah again the, the spiritual junkie in me likes that that whole idea and I guess that's the, one of the things that I practice quite strongly is this whole idea that you know I'm going to be okay like whatever happens there'll be someone to look after me or something will happen or something will come and I'll be okay and if this goes wrong there'll be a solution to it and I think that's really helpful as well in um, reducing the amount of stuff that that you collect. And even though, like I just gave an example of how I'm susceptible to it as well, for the most part, I find it easy to not acquire and I find it easy to let go of most things simply because my thinking is around, I'm going to be fine, like it'll all be okay. I have this attitude, which drives my husband nuts because he's a worrier. And so when I tell him everything will be okay, then he has to worry doubly because <laughs> he's like, no, 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 you're meant to be worrying. I'm like, no, no, we'll be fine. And so now I know not to tell him that we'll be fine. Um, I've learned. It's taken me 20 odd years, but I figured out exactly what not to say to him. Uh, and one of them is, she'll be right, that you did not say she'll be right to a worrier. Uh, you'd say, yes, I understand you're worried and I can see why. <laughs> and then you stop at that. But yeah, I, I have this idea that I'm going to be okay and uh, I don't know you know how I got there, but I did and, and it does help. And the other thing is the instances where it's not okay and, you know, like if we're talking tin tomatoes, the instance where I go to make a meal <laughs> and realise I actually have none left, there'll be a lesson in that. Maybe I need to check my pantry before I start cooking. Start cooking. Maybe <laughs> I need to be a bit more thorough with my meal plan or maybe I need to make dinner as far enough in advance that if I realize I'm missing something I've got 10 minutes to duck to the shops and pick it up but like Mm. trust that if there is an instance where you don't have enough or you miss the bargain or you Mm. find that you should have picked that gift up because now you are too busy to go shopping that there's a lesson in that maybe it's about being more organized maybe you know but that's the thing take the lesson out of it rather than flipping your mind to go I Mm. must get as much stuff as I can whenever I have the opportunity yeah and thinking you know whatever will happen a solution will present itself and a solution always presents itself and it might not be the solution that you wanted (laughs) or that you had in mind but it will be a solution nonetheless there's always a solution so then let's talk about the flip side um yeah abundance mentality can you break that down for us uh, so I guess it's just the opposite. So instead of thinking, um, having this idea that there is never enough, you have the idea that there is more than enough and there will always be more and things can still continue to come to me. Uh, and I say this to clients all the time who are collecting uh, plastic bags, for example, because they go, oh, I use them to line the bins or I use it, they're really handy for this. And one of the things I say to them all the time is, okay, but you have 700 of them and you bring in several a week. 
they keep coming and mm-hmm. I think that they forget that they keep coming uh, and but they do they keep coming so it's okay to throw away a lot of them because and make room for the things that you really treasure because the things those things are going to keep coming things keep coming and I think that that mentality uh, can be really helpful as well there are thoughts that we have all the time like um, if I don't get three of these I might run out or I should keep these just in case or but what if I lose it all or but it's such a waste and I might need it one day and those are all scarcity mentality phrases that you can then turn around so some alternative phrases would be um, if I run out of these I can always use whatever Uh, if I run out of these I can always ring my partner and get them to grab it on the way home and dinner is going to be half an hour late but it'll be you know Uh, it will still be dinner or I can go down to the shops myself and get it Um, if I run out of these I can't make that meal that night but I can make my backup meal another flip side of you know I should keep these just in case would be it'll be okay I'll be okay if I don't have these something will be around that I can use instead I am resourceful I am intelligent I am clever I can make do I know how to make do without something you know the the epitome of that, or I think is the most classic example of that, is how much crap we keep in our kitchen. So many gadgets mm-hmm. and bits and pieces. And you go and stay at an Airbnb or a holiday house or a cabin in the caravan park and there's like a, a can opener, a bottle opener, one spoon and an egg flip and like that's it. <laughs> and you know what? You live for a week with four utensils and that's it and you make it happen you use your fork to whisk the eggs instead of a whisk and you you know like it's amazing you get a jar with a lid and you make your salad dressing in the jar by shaking it up instead of getting your little electric blendy whizzy machine you know like it's amazing how much we are resourceful when we need to be yeah but then when it comes to our house we think i need all the things (laughs) Yeah, we forget how clever we are. You know, we forget how good we are at making do. And and I've said this in the podcast before and I say it to clients all the time is if you can think of 50 different uses for something, you can think of one way to live without it. Mm-hmm. Just all you need is one way to live without it and you'll be fine. And and we are smart enough to do that. We are resourceful enough and we just forget that. And, and scarcity mentality makes us forget it. Abundance mentality reminds us uh, of all that we have and not just the things that we have around us, but the things that we can draw on from within us, like our resourcefulness and our creativity. Yeah, and also, I guess, the people around us. So for people that are worried about losing it all or not having it all, put some of your your energy into maintaining relationships. So if you run out of eggs, you can go to a neighbour and borrow an egg. You Mm. You know, like there's, like you said, with resourcefulness, but also with security in terms of money and that not to be frivolous and start throwing your money around, but also to think like, you know, and not everyone is fortunate enough to have a a support system or a security net, but I could, there are ways and means that I could connect with people to try and fund me if I Mm. was in a position where I didn't have enough, you know, I don't have to be so driven. Mm. So if this is resonated with you in any way if you also find yourself uh over buying tomatoes at the checkout come and join (laughs) us in our facebook community um we'll have a bit of a confessional this week and you can tell us how your scarcity mindset shows up and what it affects and we'd also love to hear if you've tried practicing gratitude and if that's um, made a difference for you so come and join us in our facebook community 
or we'll see you on our socials. So before we wrap this up, we want to give a quick shout out to five of our newest patrons. Thank you so much for your support, Dave, Diana, John, Jemima and Jessica. We hope you're enjoying the bonus content and thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.